Welcome to the School Counseling in Nebraska podcast. My name is Lonnie Watson, and I will be joined by a colleague and a great school counseling friend, Jake Willems. This show is produced by the Nebraska School Counselor Association. We look forward to you following along as we discuss, question, and dive into all that the world of school counseling has to offer. Thanks for listening. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the School Counseling in Nebraska podcast. My name is Jake Willems, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Lonnie Watson. Lonnie, how's it going? Well, so good, Jake. And I'm so excited because this is my favorite thing in the world to talk about. Let's talk about some books it, and movies and it, music. It is. I love talking about recommendations. I mean, you know that we have I'm always looking at the stuff that you're posting and you're always looking at the stuff that I'm posting. Now, here's what I really want to talk about first, though is I we're recording this in the middle of like Christmas season and you are my inspiration because I screenshot the pictures when you post your elf someplace and send them to Shay because I'm terrible at it. Is, is this something, do you get your inspiration from other places or is, are these things popping off into your head? No, at this point in time, like Instagram, any media I'm consuming, it's all elf media. So I thought, yes. you know, you find like you're scrolling out. Oh, that's a cute elf idea. And then you do that. And so all that goes through my brain right now, a hundred percent of the day is elf ideas because yes. I'm consumed by it. I'm absolutely obsessively consumed by it. And I don't love the elf. Like the elf is a lot of work. I actually kind of dislike the elf, but I mean, I, it's consuming. Do you do the like 6 a.m. like, oh, crap, I have to go move. Has that happened to you this year so far? No, it's like strate- like on the dot every night at 930 when I'm cuddled in right now with my little fantasy book. And every night is like jeepers, stripes. And then I have to go do the elf every night at 930 on the dot. I- we have, it's been pretty good this year. And Shay, my wife is Shay. Shay takes the lead usually and figures something out. But we were literally walking through the children, the lights at the children's zoo when you posted your elf drawing on a banana and I screenshot it and texted to her. I said, we need to do this because I'm terrible at it. It's not, it's not my, uh, if, if we were doing strength finders, it would not be my strength as elf movement. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Oh, I, I can't say that it's mine either, Jake. I just, um, it, it's kind of like this pod, this podcast on like recommendations and things. It, it just, it has come to me through recommendations. Like my phone knows I need it right now. And so it's just feeding me what I want. It's just the, the world of AI is feeding me what I need right now. That is hilarious. Well, uh, before we get into, so, so those of you that are popping on, you never heard before, Lonnie and I back the beginning of this school year did a session called Unusual Professional Development. And we're going to kind of do a part two. This will be posted right in the middle of winter break for school counselors. So we just want to give some ideas on on some possible things. So um, you might want to pop back to that first one back in August. Lonnie, I want to give you an update. I ended up watching Station Eleven, which you told me about. I cried. It was so good. It was I mean, I don't watch, t- I mean, you know, we're in little kid life right now. I don't mm-hmm. get to watch a lot of TV. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. I'm about halfway through made, which you had recommended because simply because that is like a little too close to like what I did in Omaha It's yep. specifically in Omaha. It's beautifully acted. It's wonderful. But I just, I was like, I kind of need something <laughs> not, not like, not PTSD is a too too much of a word, but not something that doesn't like, oh, I remember that reminds me of this kid and this yep. kid and 
family. So it's really good. I have tried to get, and I also am trying to get your Cheryl Strayed book, The Tiny Beautiful Things. Oh, by far I my think, favorite. I think that the Aurora Libraries, they've been purchasing a lot of books for me so far. So all that to say, I, I just, everything you recommend was good. Station Eleven, holy smoke! Did you just did you know about it when you watched it? What was the like? How did you find it? Find it? So I read the book two years ago, First. maybe. Yes. yes, and and um, as far as a book goes, I I loved it. It's you know it's very um dystopian fantasy, and I'm kind of into that a little yes. the dystopian um reads. Uh, it, I don't think it's an easy read. I I think it's one of those books. The book I would is like dark. To, Yes. Yeah, the dark. book is really dark. Yeah. The TV show is much more hopeful. It's probably one of the only books I've read in the past five years that I actually liked the series better than the book. And I yes, usually I am the never way. that way. I'm always like the book better. Um, yeah. But yeah, the series is compelling and the acting and the the stories. I mean, you know me, I'm like, this is what we do. This is why we do this, Jake. I love good storytelling. And I, yes. I feel like um, both the book and the series have it, but the series really had it for me. It had me locked in and what i liked about the series is what i think it do really does relate to counseling is it is healing family mm -hmm. trauma trauma and not to spoil anything but um the last episode i just i mean i probably cried five times during yep. that the final episode it was just it was so good so anyway i wanted to to give you a shout out i thank you for those recommendations and listeners you should go back and, and check it out lonnie gave a lot of other good ones but tiny beautiful things that's hopefully the start of 2024 for me we'll be I, doing that one i didn't even think about this jake but the the um i'll just call him the bad guy in station yes. 11 and and there's you know the villain um he, if anyone has read any like Dr. Ross Green or Bruce, um, uh, Bruce Perry, he would probably be considered in our school counseling realm, like the unlucky kid. So yes. where we have lucky kids and unlucky kid where when he's disregulated, and I never thought about this till now, how we can relate that to school counseling where he, when he's dysregulated, even yes. when he's a child in the, in the series, he is unlucky in that everything he does does not elicit empathy. Nothing he does through his childhood and his adult life seems to elicit yes. a hug or empathy in that whole story. Now that I think about it, he would be like a, um, a really interesting case study for school yes. counseling and how if any of his dysregulation, his actions as a child would have elicited adult empathy, how that might have turned out different for him. I never Absolutely. thought about that. Till now. Look at us. Well, yeah, it was I want to rewatch it again, but I had such a beautiful experience watching it. I want to give it. Does that make sense? Oh, some time, time to step away. OK, well, that being said, let, let's hop in. People have been listening to us blibber blabber for a little bit. So. Um, we're each picking three things. Do you mind if I go first? Please do. All right. I'm going to start us off very light. Now, listen, I have an eight month old right now, Elliot Lee. I love this girl so much, uh, but she is not sleeping well right now. And so I had, I was looking up podcasts and I found this podcast called strike force five strike force five. This is all of the writers for television went on strike. So this is all the late night hosts, Jimmy Fallon, Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, and Seth Myers. It's a pretty fine, fine podcast, but the fifth episode Lonnie is called strike force wives. And it was, I've, I've not laughed so hard in, in years it was probably two forty-five in the morning, and I'm holding Elliot. You can see me on the Zoom right now. I'm holding Elliot and rocking back and forth, and am 
guffawing loudly, so loud that Shay is like, be quiet. Shay's like telling me, stop it. What are you doing? And I had tears stream streaming. I have not laughed so hard in years. I don't know if I've ever laughed so hard. So the whole podcast is fine. It's great. It's good. But this ep this fifth episode, Lonnie, it's called Strike Listeners. The fifth episode called Strike Force Wives. It's kind of like they play a game show and Jimmy Fallon's in charge and it just totally goes off the rails. It was the hardest I've ever laughed. So if you have a free 60 minutes, this podcast is on Spotify. The episode is called Strike Force Wives. Please listen to it. I, it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And Lonnie, you need to text me as soon as you're done listening to it. Does that sound fair? Episode four. Did you say four or episode five? <laughs> it's episode five. <laughs> and it's called, yes. Strike it's called, I, I'm in. I've, I need a good I've, laugh over break. I have sent it to so many like Aurora Aurora friends. I've just texted that I know you Spotify. I don't use Spotify very much. Holy Lonnie, it was it was the best laugh I've had since coronavirus. Probably it was so funny. It cracked me up. So anyway, not this is not something we all need joy in our lives. If you have a really rough day, listen to this episode and you will you will love it. That's my that's my recommendation number one. Well, I love that because I have a feeling you're kind of in it too, but I think before um, long breaks, before holidays, um, it's a little bit heavy in the school counseling office and that I think we could all use that, right? We need yes. to balance that. Um, okay. So I'm going to go, since you did a podcast first, I'm going to save my podcast and save my fun one. And I'm going to go a little bit more um, nonfiction, something that really spoke to me as an educator and a school okay. counselor. And I just finished reading Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. And this is actually the first Adam Grant book I've ever read. I've been recommended Adam Grant multiple times. I I dabble in his podcast from time to time, but this is the first nonfiction book I read. I really enjoyed it because a lot of um I, I'll call them like social scientists, um, nonfiction reads. It, a lot of them spend half the book describing where they got their data and it drives me bonkers. And then we get to the the meat and potatoes. But in this book in potential, he starts with an inner city school in, um, I cannot remember if it's Brooklyn or the Bronx and how this teacher um, created this world champion, world-class chess program from this school that really, really, really struggled academically. So it's just a really cool book. So right from the get-go, it talks about like all students have hidden potential, right? Every child has hidden hidden potential and it's easy to spot the ones who are already sparkling, but um, many students, he talks about them being like uncut gems. Um, oh. The chapter I really am interested in and I want to do more digging in, and it's not my role to decide the structure of school in my building. It's not my role to decide um, some of those things, but it can help. I do a lot of the scheduling, so it can help with this. And I want elementary teachers to grab onto this. Um, so they talk about, there's a whole chapter in hidden potential based on the public school system and different um, just all over the world. And they talk about Finland and they talk about a bunch of really great schools. Um, but he really fixates and stops um, on a, a, a practice that we should be doing more called looping and looping is where students have the same teacher for more than one year in a row oh, so I love it. yeah so they'd have first and second uh, like they'd have the same teacher um it, it basically he says in here instead of teaching a new cohort of students each year teachers who practice looping they move up a grade or more with their students it can be a powerful tool and unlike many other educational reforms it doesn't cost any money and the the like the gem in this is it says 
basically when you get to know each student personally, teachers gain a deeper grasp of kids, their strengths, their challenges. Um, they have more opportunities to tailor their instruction to that kid. They get them emotionally. They're able to identify growth, not not only in peaks, but in obstacles overcome. Um, just like the nuanced knowledge of knowing your kids. Um, and, and Finland and Estonia, they go even further in this, Jake. Both countries, it's common for elementary schoolers to have the same teachers, not just two years in a row, but sometimes up to six straight years. Um, now, is the, is the teacher like teaching first grade and then second grade and then third grade and then fourth grade? So they're learning the curriculum each year? Right. Right. They're looping. It sounds a little bit more like country school. Would we... We don't have that's what, I, that's what I thought. Yep, exactly. Yes. Um, but I wonder, and I'm not saying we want to go back to necessarily like a country school model or anything like that uh, out here where we're rural enough, we really could. But um, <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's practices of looping that we um, can do within our schools, right? For different subjects. And it doesn't have to be all day, every subject, but getting to know students on a nuanced level. Now, my biggest fear as a parent was like, well, what if you get that one teacher for your kid gets that yes. one teacher that you hoped they wouldn't? And he discusses that in the chapter. He says, it's actually even better that way. That makes those teachers so much more effective. Yeah, um, Cause they yeah. have to learn how to yes. deal, how to interact with mm -hmm. a, ch a student that's challenging. Right. Yes. So I, that <laughs> we didn't plan this. That's actually so interesting. Cause I've been pushing, this is my third year out here. Mm -hmm. I've been pushing for the counselors to do registration for every year for yeah. these places. Our school does, has done academic advising where it's meant to be like the same teacher every year, but it's not been very consistent. Students are kind of changing, you know, are in different ones and Generally, this I'm not getting to know. By the time a kid's a senior, I only really am knowing the dual the kids taking dual credit classes and some of the honors level classes because they're coming and finding me and asking about dual you know transfers. And I'm really excited because this year it's changing. Myself and my part time counselor are doing it simply because I want to loop with them. I want to have at make sure I have a conversation with them every year and I'm able to see them kind of progress. I mean that's like in Omaha. I was, was had the J K N R last names, and I looped with them year after year. So that's awesome. I think that's amazing. Yeah. So that was just one chapter of many um, gems in the book on helping all humans, not just kids, find hidden potential. So definitely a good read. It, it would be a good one. Adam Grant's got a great voice for audio. So if you like to listen to audiobook, that would be a really good one as well. He he's the filler that does the uh, like Instagram posts that are like that are in, not inspirational, but like thoughtful business mind, right? Is that the Absolutely, guy? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I like him. At first I thought you meant the guy that did Atomic Habits, but that's a different person. That's right? James Clear, who also has James a great Clear. newsletter. If you're not getting James Clear's weekly Thursday newsletter, I'd sign up for it. It's really good. Yeah. I like him. Okay. That's all. I, I wrote it. I mean, I have it down here. I'll look at that one. I'm trying to figure out my next two go together. So I'm trying to figure out which one is which what do I want to say for last? So I'm going to do a book recommendation. I uh, have people, listeners know, I spent a number of years in the Omaha public school district. And um, I finally read uh, a book that Omaha schools know about which very well, which is the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, I thought I knew who Malcolm X was and his role in the, uh, civil rights, civil rights times, but uh, for sure did not. This book was absolutely incredible. I listened to it on um, 
audiobook. Lawrence Fishburne was the narrator and did a fantastic job. But holy, have you read this before, Lonnie? No, but I should. Do you know anything about him? I mean, I mean, as much as I learned in high school history class, right? Yes. So- I, I thought that Malcolm X was like uh, killed by the FBI. You know, I, I thought he was, he like did violent thing. I, I just didn't know. Right. I just knew nothing about him. This book is absolutely incredible. His life is amazing. He lived basically like eight different lives in the years that he was alive. He was born in Omaha, which is why I think Omaha takes a lot of ownership of him that he lived there for the original years of his life. But uh, the thing that moved me so much was kind of two things. The first was his, uh, you know, I grew up in a very fundamentalist evangelical church and I read a lot of like uh, conversion stories of like people that were um, uh, very sinful, you know, sinful, evil people. And then they find Jesus and they change their life around. And this book is really kind of like a conversion story, but almost in multiple ways, it converts him from being a, basically a pimp, you know, at a certain points of his life where he's helping people that are prostitutes and doing gambling to being this like very straight laced person that's finding people to join the, uh, the, you know, the Muslim faith, uh, based on like people that were in jail, they saw who he was before and how he changed and they want to be like him. And then even converting to, um, you know, a different form of, of, uh, the, of the Muslim faith later on in his life, his perspective, even on empowering, uh, you know, some of the stuff is pretty, um, pretty fiery, some of the rhetoric towards white people and power and in leadership. But I was just so, so, so blown away. It was an unbelievable read. His life is amazing. It's so sad that he, that he died, you know, died at that time because even kind of where his life was the last two years, you know, the impact he could have made for the cultures. It's especially interesting because I, my perspective, it was always like Martin Luther King Jr. is who we like and Malcolm X was pretty scary, you know, and we don't really talk about him very much. And the two of them go, I think, have such different perspectives, but really fully embody like kind of that civil rights era. So this book is maybe 16 hours long. I think I listened to it in like two weeks. I couldn't stop listening to it. It was amazing. It was very, very good. So that's my second recommendation. I loved the autobiography of Malcolm X. Well, and is there anything better than being able to have the actual knowledge? And I mean, autobiographies are just so great because not only are you learning about that one person, you're learning about um, their space and time and history and what else was going on. I I need to read more autobiographies in general. So I will I'm gonna get that one done. That would be great. It was uh, is an easy read and the narration is just so engaging. Good. It's so engaging that you it's hard. I was like, I can stay up till 1130 tonight listening to this. I mean, yeah, it was it was incredible. Well, Jake, I'm a baker now because I have three kids, a full time job and I need another hobby in my life. So now I bake sourdough yes. bread. So I'll just put on my headphones and get to bacon. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so this mine actually um, it. My next one is a podcast and it's called Yearbook or The Yearbook. I think it's just Yearbook. And it's a subset off Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert. So if you're looking for this on Spotify or Apple Pod, I think this one is solely on Spotify. Um, I've been, a, I moonlight as a fan of Armchair Expert. They're, uh, the Armchair Expert ones are more long form podcasts. I listened to yes. one with um, 
Dr. Becky Kennedy not too long about go about child attachment. That's a really good one. But I stumbled upon this mini series and they're only 30 minutes at a time, which you and I love called yearbook. So what this is, and it kind of fits into yours because this is an author. His name is Chad Sanders and I've listened to him before. He's engaging. Oh my goodness. He talks and writes a lot about race. Well, this, um, this podcast has race themes of race and he talks about race within it, but it really is just a story of his coming, like his coming of age story, but specifically one year in his life. Um, so his name's Chad Sanders. It's an anthology podcast series series where he goes back and he revisits what he calls the year that made him, which was his sophomore year in high school. Um, Chad graduated. I feel like, so I feel like this was like, um, maybe 2006 is the year that he's going through the, um, his time as a sophomore. Um, Uh so he believes this year solidified his identity. He had a couple like really harrowing events happen during the the year. And he talks about them the very first episode. So I don't feel like I'm giving it away. It's kind of in the description. Um, his, his best friend, his, a female best friend who he also, um, will say that he was very much in love with at the time died in just a, a freak car accident. Um, and there was a murder at their school. It sounds like he went to a magnet school that was actually a very good school, but in mm-hmm. a city with a, with crime, right? Yep. It just, it was a good school and, but it just, it crime happened. And there was an actual murder that happened at a football game, um, with two girls in a gang and a blade was brought out and no one was intended to be murdered, but it was one of those things where the blade hit the exact wrong spot yep. at the wrong time. And like, Actually, they were pretty decent kids and the principals talk about them. So what's really cool about this series is it goes through and he interviews his classmates. He interviews his principal. He interviews principal and teachers from other school and they talk about some of the events. Um, Basically, he's trying to seek to answer the question is, why am I stuck in this year? Why do I think about it all the time? He also won a state basketball championship in the middle of this too. So he like had low lows and high highs and it's really interesting for me to listen to him process this. Cause I can see my high school kids. I, one, I can, I'm reliving some of my own events and what events I'm stuck in. And then I, he talks about like high schoolers grieving and how sometimes he felt like he was putting on a performance and then like how he went from euphoria to low so fast and he couldn't control yes. it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I see that every day. Um, so anyway, it, it's just been really, really good, Jake. And so one, one of the questions that I just screenshotted when he's, cause I'm kind of like watching the script on the podcast. I don't know if you, if anyone knows you can do that while you listen. Um, so he says, and the confusion of trying to act like a grown up while I was still in this 125 pound, five, five foot six body that changed my life. I tell myself a story that defined me that may, that I think made me who I am. I think about that year almost every single day, 20 years later, I still live in that year. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out why did it mean so much to me? Why can't I let it go? So he says, I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to relive this story so I can process and let this go and move on. Um, And it made me think, and I'm going to ask you the same question, Jake. Do you have a year or a time period that you feel like, because the body remembers things, right? Our body remembers. Do you have something that you feel like you hang on to from your childhood, youth, adolescence, younger area maybe even young adult you know i can't think of a of a year necessarily that the year probably that i can think that most impacted me 
was 2011. That was a year that I, I was a newlywed and um, had a lot of lingering like trauma that I had to process from my, um, so how old would I have been? 2011, I don't know, I was maybe 25, 24, 25. And um, finally, a really dear friend encouraged me to get help and led me to therapy and um, small group work to kind of process through this thing. And for sure, that experience is what led me into school counseling because I'd never had somebody that um, was that encouraged me to seek. I, I was like, you stuff it down. You don't tell anybody you hide it really well. And you don't let anybody know about the stuff that you are dealing with. <laughs> you know, that was, that was how I was, how I processed all that sort of information. So I would say the fall of 2011 was a year that it just like the kind of the dam broke. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, absolutely. that, that led me into seeking help in a lot of different ways and forming some healthy habits, all those sorts of things. So so, Jake, for me, if I'm listening to this, I keep flashing back to my eighth grade year for some some reason. And I don't know that it was formative for me, but it was a huge change in my life that um, the adults around me couldn't process with me at the time or didn't want to or I didn't want to. I mean, honestly, I think at 38, I'm finally ready to talk about it. And I don't know. I don't even know if I'm even that ready to. I mean, this might be a catalyst for me, but that would be the year. So we talked about Made, the series Made. Um, it, it was a hard one for me to watch because it reminded me of my mother and I um, growing up kind of battling the world a little bit together. And my eighth grade year was the year that I was removed from my mother's home and lived with my father. My father was wow. really loving. That wasn't um, it was a really, really good move for me, but it was a lot of guilt associated with it. A lot of, yes. you know, fear for, for, you know, my mother. Um, it was also the year that I had two different adults in my life. Tell me I smelled bad. Right. And I was getting poverty. Like I did. And mostly it was, I smelled like smoke because my mom smoked in the house and I mean, we showered, but it wasn't the cleanest. House. I mean, it just, um, and I had two adults and that I, I, drive by that. And I only lived in that apartment for one year, but that was the year that two different adults that I cared about told me that I yeah. uh, needed to get rid of that smell. And I was like, I don't, I can't like, I can't. And so it, that lives in my body. And I'll like that year, I, it, when he talks about his, this sophomore year, I was like, I should readdress that year. And, and obviously there's been trauma since, but it's interesting. Cause like my trauma since then it's been, it gets bigger, right? Jake, we get, we've yes. got losses. I've lost my mother. My husband lost his father. We're dealing um, with pretty significant. I've miscarried. I feel like I, there's significant trauma that you face as an adult that you, you have to, um, that it's part of, of growing and grieving. And I still go back to a few things that happened at that eighth. It's just interesting, right? At how we, and just like him as a sophomore, I think those ages are really um, formative. So. Yeah. I, I think about, I can relate to that of, I like like I said, I can't speak to a specific year in that way. But when my dad passed a couple of years back, I, I had the same thing. I had some pretty stuff that Shay knows about and some very like close friends mm -hmm. know about that happened there. But it was a matter of like sort of having to process like, okay, this is not something you have to navigate you know, or during, during holidays. So it, it right. is, and I can relate so much. Thanks for sharing. Golly, that sounds like a great one. So that's part of the armchair expert, but it's its yes. own episode. Okay. I'll so the, I, like. I got to ask you one more question too. Uh, yes. on here. 
and, and I don't have this experience, but this is something that I think lives in many uh, people's bodies at, at, as well. He talks about um, as, while grieving some of this in high school, it it was the first time he was hugging um, the young lady's father. And it was the first time experiencing an adult man crying. He gets, says, I mean, I'll never forget it. I hold on to it now. It was selfish. It was selfishly. I'll speak on it. It was very freeing for me. It was a way for me to see a different form of strength than what I had seen on television. And I, I screenshotted that because I'm, I said, I have heard that so many times from young men. They come in mm-hmm. here and they say, Mrs. Watson, that's the first time I've seen my dad cry, or that's the first time I've ever seen a man cry. Yes. Do you have an experience? Because oh, I've seen absolutely. some men cry, but I cannot remember my first. I remember my uh, dad. I grew up. Uh, we grew up uh, in poverty as well, and my dad bought a truck. <laughs> my dad bought like a nice truck. Like it was not new. We could never afford a new car, but a, a really nice truck that was well cared for. He was so proud of it. I was probably I, don't know, I was maybe nine or ten at the time. He was so proud of it. And we didn't have a garage. You parked on the street. You know, there was no place to like protect your car. And our neighbor kid was in high school and he was driving in his vehicle and dropped his phone. And this is late at night and was like reaching down to reaching down to get his phone and swerved over and totaled my dad's truck, Ooh. like his fa- his this truck that meant so much. It was the nicest vehicle he ever had. And so it was probably like 11 or 12 at night and the police were there and uh, all these people. And my dad was sitting on the front step ball weeping. And that was the only time I've ever seen my dad cry. Um, but I um, was not, I was not used to that. And it was kind of interesting. I mean, it's interesting once again, you can be my therapist. It's interesting to think that that is the thing that the only time I've seen him cry, you know, he kept it in. I don't know what Matt's like, but I access my tears very easily. I cry at movies. I cry at TV shows. Yesterday, Grady was in like a reading play at school and I cried watching. I just cry. I, I have, I, it is, does not take much for me to access those. So and my kids have seen me cry. I, I feel okay. It's not something that I'm ashamed of and our kids are pretty used to it. Is that, is that similar to kind of the, the Watson family? I would say that we both, Matt and I are both very guilty of trying to suppress um, those to not panic our children. We have very emotional children, Jake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we kind of tease our teachers like, I don't know. I feel like Matt and I are pretty like steady at humans. We do a pretty good job. And our kids have big emotions, my boys too. And so um, we probably need to sit down and discuss on like, okay, it is not healthy for us also to maintain ours, to not set our children off. But because their emotions are so big, we really try to model keeping ours in check at times. But yes, we're both, I definitely married a a sensitive human for sure. And I, I, I'm drawn to that. I mean, all, all the deep relationships I've ever had in this lifetime are with really sensitive humans, either whether they're female or male. So yes, I definitely married someone who has zero problem accessing his as well. Yeah. That's a great one. Golly, that sounds like an amazing, I'll find that. I mean, that's, I like that Dak Shepard already. So that sounds like a great, great series. Um, Okay, Lonnie, we're like running out of time a little bit. Should we do a speed round for our last I, one? I've Is got it. Okay? My, mine's so fast. My last one. Okay. You go, and then I'll, mine will be the I, easiest wrap-up ever. 
I will say that I just a couple, I was going to pick a different one, but two nights ago, Elliot is sick. And so I sat out in our front room and watched a movie called do the right thing. Have you ever seen this movie? No, before? I need to. This is a Spike Lee movie and it is about a neighborhood in Brooklyn and it, it relates so well to this Malcolm X, which I did not expect to, but it follows kind of the life of a neighborhood in Brooklyn and towards the end, a travesty, a racial travesty happens. And once again, I was sitting there just gut, just gut wrenched. It just was so intense and so, um, so moving and so emotional. It was absolutely one of one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. It's called Do the Right Thing, and it talks. It doesn't leave an easy answer on racial reconciliation. This movie is probably thirty years old. It kind of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and their two perspectives on race both tie in at the very end. This was a fantastic movie. And when you're done, you need when you watch it, if you get a chance, we should talk about it because I was totally blown. It went up to a top ten movie of all time after oh. I've seen it. So I love that. And you've consumed enough enough to know that that's a good review, a good rating there. Um, mine, the very last one I have, Jake, is this, uh, another TV series. It's on Hulu. It's called The Bear. Once anybody watches it, I want to talk about the episode that my new favorite quote comes from. And it's not going to make uh -huh. any sense unless you see The Bear. But once he said this quote, I'm like, that was the best quote in any TV or movie series I've ever seen in my life. And it's, he says, one of the characters, he comes in and he says, I wear suits now. And so once you watch it, Jake, we're going to talk about that quote. But just so you know, I wear suits now. <laughs> so uh, the bear on Hulu, really good story of human interaction. It's about a chef trying to make it in Chicago. Um, really, really good. Lot um, light episodes and really deep emotional episodes. I think it fits right into what we do. I think school counselors will love it. I think you can learn from it. A very much storytelling human story. That's awesome. I've heard of it. It's a I. Jeremy White, is that right? Jeremy Allen White, yep. isn't that the actor yep. in it? Yeah. We don't have Hulu, so I don't know. Don't Hulu, don't listen to us, but maybe I'll have to find someone's password and try to watch it sometime. So, well, all right. Hey. Well, well, Lonnie, thank you so much for taking time. Hopefully, listeners, you're able to um, get some ideas, get some feedback, get some laughs, get some emotions, uh, process some of those things. But we so appreciate all of our listeners here on the podcast. Hope everybody has a great, relaxing winter break and come in refreshed for the second semester. Thanks for listening.